think this is the first. We're all in our seats and ready to start before 11.10. I don't know what happened in Sunday school. Where's Carla? What's missing? Yeah, there's a lot of people missing. Where's Carla? They'll be here in an hour. Some people are playing hooky apparently. But anyway, good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You guys want to rise? Let's start our services with a song. We're going to sing when we all get to heaven. By this will they know you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. Walk around, hug somebody, greet people, and tell them Jesus loves them. Even if the future Think about old Noah sitting on the front porch eating lasagna and cooking the torch. He was halfway to the lean hall in the Lord's book. Hey, Danny. He said, boy, you're going to be busy for a while. Building up from a beach with that old Noah's eyes got to get space balls and y'all know something. Well, he told his family what's going down and they listened to the Nobody thought or or frowned, nobody knew how to swim. When the rains came, it was safe inside, and only if wet or nothing. No one did, because the guys were so innocent, and he left up. God don't care what the circumstance, even if the future was going to be God don't want Little David must have been in his dreams when things collide with the first thing. It's resolved with crystal slingshot and some stone. 
song today amen you reckon <laughs> praise god thank you uh if y'all noticed i'm not frank i'm much better looking than frank but, but <laughs> frank is in the state of misery today <laughs> bronson i think bronson was misery but uh Stormy asked me to do the announcements, but I'm not going to be preaching. Stormy's going to be preaching, so y'all don't have to listen to me, but for just a little while, so you can endure that, I'm sure. Um, do I read all of these? Call to worship. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'll, I'll skip ahead. We're not having a Sunday evening worship service tonight, I don't believe. We're on spring break. Um, am I correct about that? Does anybody know differently? Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll make an executive decision then. Um, there's the Tuesday ladies Bible study, nine thirty a.m. Any ladies that haven't been going to that, they have a good time. Uh, if you can make it, that would be wonderful. Um, Wednesday morning at six a.m. There's a men's prayer group that meets and has a Bible study. Uh, Thursday, uh, the fellowship dinner, that's at 6 p.m., uh, free food for any who want to attend. After the dinner, we have uh, we go over our prayer list and uh, lift people up. If, uh, if you want on that prayer list, let somebody here know, and we'll put you on it. It's this list right here that's in your bulletin. And I encourage folks to uh, take that home and uh, pray over it. Uh, you can find a person on it to pray about or a situation, or you can put your hand on it and lift the whole thing up to God. He knows who's on it. He knows who ought to be on it also. Um, Thursday, uh, CBS and, uh, uh, well, that's the kids thing that goes on at the same time as the dinner or after the dinner. And, uh, and the youth also meet. So there's something here Thursday night for everybody. Um, let's see. And what else is there? Um, oh, 
Next business meeting uh, is going to be January of 2018. Uh, the thing that we spoke about, the vote that we had, the called business meeting after church last uh, Sunday happened and it passed. So that's our next business meeting is in January. So uh, was, is there anything else I'm supposed to announce? Okay, when is that? We don't know. <laughs> Be okay. Spring workday. Still looking for names to sign up for the upcoming workday for cleaning and painting the church. Please get with Rod or Frank to get your name on the list. But we don't know when. It's going to be in the spring, correct? Hopefully when it's good weather. You, but if we don't know when... <laughs> you know what? God has it in control. Uh, if you want to paint the church, serve Him in that way, get on the list. God will make it work out. You know, praise God. What else was it? I was going to say something. My train of thought derailed. That was it. That was it. There's weirdness going on after church, if y'all want to see it. I think it's going to be in the fellowship hall. There's people are going to dye their hair weird colors. And if y'all want to see it, um, it will be a sight to behold. Hmm? Yeah. You know, Frank could dye his hair a weird color and nobody would know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about the pre-Easter thing? Do I need to announce anything on pre-Easter? Youth type people? Okay, okay, well, well, <laughs> just, just for that, I'm going to do the scripture reading. <laughs> Plus, I'm the one on the list today, so. Father, thank you for my brother that is so willing to fill in and do whatever he's done, anointing, Father, to speak I was uh we have this giant dog that somebody dumped out. He's an American bulldog. And he's way overweight because I think that runs in our family. But but he he uh he um he comes in this time of the year and frolics. This big, giant thing, you'd think he was a little bitty puppy. He's got that shape anyways, and he's fat enough to be a puppy. But he frolics. He jumps around and gives this look, and I was thinking, man, it would be nice to be able to do that again. And, you know, he's overweight. I, why can't I frolic like that? And it, it kind of um, um, discouraged me a little bit. But scripture of the day today that came over my computer is Malachi 4. Um, and if you want to turn to there, if you have a hard time knowing where Malachi is, Malachi and Matthew are in alphabetical order and right behind each other. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. But Malachi 4 uh, talks about the Lord's day coming. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left on them. Doesn't sound like frolicking, does it? But it goes on. <laughs> but you who revere my name, the son of righteousness, righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. If you know the Lord, this injustice will be over one day 
and you will frolic again. How's that sound? The kids say, well, that's boring. Us old folks frolic. We're going to frolic, Stormy. <laughs> you might frolic now, but, <laughs> but I don't frolic so good anymore. I'm looking forward to frolicking again. <laughs> like, like a well-fed calf. You ever seen a calf when he leaves the feed area? He has that uh, meringue like you have on your pie all around his mouth, you know, and he goes jumping out in the grass. Or like uh, Rod's calf. How is Calico? Rod has a Calico cow. I mean, it's multicolored. It's weirdest thing. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you for letting us come to your house. Thank you for letting us have fellowship with one another and just have a good time in your name, God. Uh, thank you for the brotherhood here, the sisters, Lord. Uh, thank you for this praise team, God. And thank you for, uh, for uh, Stormy being able to bring your word today, God. I pray that you will bless him, that you will speak through him, Lord, that you'll speak through this praise team, and that you'll bless every conversation, every fellowship that happens today. God, uh, let them all glorify you, Lord, and forgive us when we do fall short. I pray these things in the holy, precious, sweet name of Jesus. Amen. word frolic has no meaning to me right now. You said it way too many times. <laughs> anyway, let's continue our service this morning. We're going to sing some songs. Uh, first song we're going to sing is called I Stand Amazed in the Presence.
quiet this morning. Did something happen in Sunday school? Really? Like, did something happen? Okay. Oh, you're still sleepy. That's what it is. All right. and the sea your river runs with love for me and I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free I'm happy to be in the tomb and I will daily lift my hands for I will always sing when your love came down I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love forever. And I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free I'm happy to be in the truth And I will daily lift my hands For I will always sing When your love came down I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. And oh, I feel like dancing, Brian. It's foolishness, I know. When the world has seen the light. They will dance with joy like we're dancing now. And I could sing of your love forever. And I could sing of your love forever. And I could sing of your love forever. And I could sing of your love. feel like dancing It's foolishness I know When the world has seen the light They will dance with joy like we're dancing now And I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. I can sing of your love forever. Yeah, we didn't plan that. I mean, we planned to sing the song, but we didn't plan to. That was good. Yeah, the frolic. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, my love. And righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus name Christ alone cornerstone 
weak are made strong in the Savior's love. And through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. The darkness seems to hide His face. I rest on His unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil My anchor holds within the veil Christ alone cornerstone the weak are made strong in the Savior's love through the storm He is Lord Lord of all when He shall come with trumpet sound Oh, may I then in Him be found Dressed in His righteousness alone Faultless stand before the throne Faultless stand before the throne Christ alone Cornerstone, the weak are made strong in the Savior's love. And through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Christ alone, cornerstone. Made strong in the Savior's love, and through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time in your house to worship, and thank you for the people that. that dedicate so much of their life to leading us as we worship you. Bless them in Jesus' name. Good morning. Wow, it filled up while I wasn't looking. Now this is the first time that a lot of you have heard me preach, so it's only natural that some of you are going to be a little nervous. Take a deep breath and just try to relax. If that doesn't, if it gets really bad, picture me up here in my, you know, I think just the breathing thing will probably do you fine. I'm going to introduce myself just in case somebody doesn't know me, and because we have video now that goes out around the world, there's people that don't know who Brad Pitt and Matthew Cornahay is, and so some people, although I can't imagine it, may not know who I am. When I was born, I was given the name Royce Choate. My grandmother calls me Royce. My mother called me, stop that, sit down, behave. Everybody else pretty much calls me Stormy. I'm married to this lovely redhead up here. Her name is Wendy. We're like the weather report, Stormy and Wendy. We have three beautiful daughters, Hurricane, Tornado, and Tsunami. <laughs> we gave them people names. But uh, I was saved, baptized in the Colorado River. Called to preach at the age of 27. Preached my first sermon when I was 30. That was been four, maybe five years ago. You guys ain't going to let me get away with that one, are you? But uh, they, when I come to this church, they say, if you're going to preach here, you have to wear a tie with a cartoon character. So today I wore my Super Taz tie. Because I'm going to talk about superheroes a little. Love superheroes. I'm going to read to you out of the King James Version of the Bible. 
because and don't tell Frank I said this because I try to convince him that any other version is blasphemy. But actually, I very much encourage you to read whatever version of the Bible that you understand and you're comfortable with. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 20 and 21. And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the band of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming of the year. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, that behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when one man was let down, when that man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. Father, thank you for your word. Blessed as it goes forth today, Lord, let it grow and prosper in Jesus' name. Now I apologize to the camera people because uh, I'm going to try to stay inside the church. Outside of that, I make no promises. I run around a lot when I talk. <clears throat> I love the superheroes. When the new movie comes out, I'm like one of the first ones there to see the new movies. And I love the superheroes of the Old Testament. You had Samson. Strong man, everybody knows that. But if you actually study all the things that Samson did, if Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger all got together and jumped in while he was sleeping, he'd have just whooped them, made them stand in the corner, and went back to sleep. He was tough. You had David. The guy had a couple of shoestrings out of a pair of work boots, leather lace strings, put a piece of sheepskin on the end of them, took a rock, and went and picked a fight with the biggest dude around. This dude was like, would have called Shaquille O'Neal little feller. David not only picked a fight with him, he won the fight. In fact, he rocked his world. Yeah. Killed that dude. And he had a son named Solomon. He was like the Sherlock Home of Kings. He was like Judge Judy and Columbo got together and had a baby and named it Solomon. Dude was smart. And the heroes that I grew up with when I was a little, little guy, this was after the dinosaurs were dead but before color television, I'd be out playing on my front porch and I would hear, faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman. That strange being from another planet who came to earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal man. And Superman was from DC Comics. There were other comic books, but none rivaled Superman. In fact, Superman didn't have any rivals in the comic book world until DC Comics themselves made one for him. They made one that was almost as popular. The Batman. And then as I got a little older, I read Thor and Doctor Strange. And all these heroes and Mighty Mouse all had something in common besides being fictional superheroes. They all had a cape. And our superheroes that we're going to talk about today were the cape crusaders of the Old Testament. Now the Bible doesn't call it a cape. The Bible calls it a mantle. But it was a cape. First time I read this scripture that I just read to you, I shook my head and I was like, huh? I went back and read it again, and I was like, so I went back and read it again, and finally I figured out what was going on. Elisha had died. They buried him. It wasn't, even though it's just two little short scriptures, it wasn't a short time. The dude had decayed, rotted. There was nothing left in the sepulcher but his bones. Another guy died. They didn't pre-dig the grave like we do nowadays. They took him to the graveyard and they start digging him a grave and they look off and they say, Whoa, dude, there comes the bad guys. Let's get out of here. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't just leave old Jethro laying here. 
He's our friend, man. Okay, hey, look. There's a preacher's old tomb. He's all rotted away. He won't care. Let's put him in there. So they lower him down in there and they start running as fast as they can, they think. But when that dude gets back up and says, hey, wait for me, I'm going to be with you, they probably ran a little faster. First time I read that Scripture, I was like, glory to God! Man, that's what that guy had more... He was so full of God and so full of godly power that there was more power in his old dried up bones than there is in a lot of the live saints that are filling the churches today across our country. I said, I want some of that. I got to study and I said, man, this guy had double the power and did twice as many miracles as Elijah. But you never hear sermons about this guy. If I ever heard a sermon about Elisha, I thought they was trying to say Elijah and they just had a list. I said, there should be, he, did, he had twice the power, he did twice as many miracles, there should be twice as many sermons. I said, i got to do this and see why. You know, why does everybody preach about Elijah and not Elisha? Now, Elijah went to heaven alive, but he didn't do the incredible Hulk thing and bend down and jump all the way to heaven. God took him, so he really didn't have much to do with that. So, uh, I started studying, and in 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, is where Elijah makes his appearance. He comes up and he looks at King right in the eye. That alone could get you killed in those days. But he didn't stop there. He looked him in the eye and said, it ain't going to rain anymore till I say it's going to rain. Whoa, dude. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, this guy was tough and this guy had superpowers. He could shut heaven up and it wouldn't rain. He could pray and open heaven and it would rain. He could call fire down from heaven burn up sacrifices, drive water up in trenches. On at least two occasions, he called it down and burn up people. King sent 50 men and their captain to get him. Captain looks up on the mountain and says, Hey, you, come down here. He says, Really? <laughs> he said, If I be a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and burn you up. Skip the funeral, go straight to the cremation. Poof. The king sent 50 more men and their captain. Notice he didn't come himself. <laughs> he sent 50 more men and the captain. Second verse, same as the first. Burn them up. A third group of 50 and their captain shows up and he says, Mr. Elijah, sir, please don't burn me up. Would you please come down and go talk to Elijah says, yeah, that's all needed with a little respect. He comes down off the mountain and goes talk to him. But Elijah had another superpower that a lot of people miss. You guys have all heard of the flash? Horses are faster than people, and the king's horses were the fastest horses around. Why? Because if you had a horse that was faster than the king, the king said, hey, I want your horse. You said, sure. Because if you said no, he killed you and took your horse anyway, so you might as well give him the horse. So horses are faster than people. The king's horses were the fastest horses around. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 45, if you want to read it, he outruns the king's chariot. Doesn't just outrun the king's chariot. He's behind the chariot. He catches it, passes it, and then runs ahead of it all the way to the castle. Yeah, this dude was fast. And that was on regular octane. On super octane, he's sleeping under a Jupiter tree. An angel wakes him up and says, here, drink this water, eat this cake. I'm assuming it was angel food cake. He goes back to sleep, the angel wakes him up again. Here, drink this water, eat this cake. He gets up and runs for 40 days. 40 days, not walking, running. Gets to Mount Horeb, the Mount of God. The sermon you've all heard. He goes up into a cave. The voice of the Lord comes to him and says, go stand outside. So he goes stands outside. 
God sends a wind. And this isn't a fly kite wind. This is a break rocks into pieces wind. Elijah takes his superhero pose for truth, justice, and the American way. When the wind finally dies down, he says, I ain't afraid of no wind. God sends an earthquake. The only thing that wasn't shaking on Mount Horeb was Elijah. When the earthquake finally subsides, he says, I ain't afraid of no earthquake. God sends a fire. Not a read a book by it, warm your hands by it. A serious fire. Elijah says, I ain't afraid of no fire. And then the part that you've all heard the sermon on about the still small voice, because that's the voice that most of us heard when we decided to accept Jesus Christ. We heard something inside of us speaking very softly, saying, you need something that you ain't got. And Elijah took his cloak and covered his face, not the Batman. Covered his face. Because he's talking to God. Now I want you to think about that cape. On the inside of it, you've got the man of God, full of the power of God and the anointing of God. On the outside, you have God. That material is soaking up some serious anointing. He, God gives him a shopping list. I want you to do this, this, and this. Anoint a couple of keys, anoint his predecessors. Elijah comes down off of that mountain, and he starts walking. And he sees something in the distance. He goes, wow, people plowing a field. He walks a little further. He goes, duck, 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 goose. Servant, 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 somebody important. He gets a little closer and he goes, whoa, that's a dude that's supposed to replace me. Now, I would have went up to him and stopped and said, did the Joan Rivers thing. Can we talk? Elijah not only doesn't speak to the guy, he doesn't even stop walking. He just goes right by the man who's going to bring the Word of God to the future next generation, throws the anointing cape upon him, and keeps on going. This dude runs after him, stops him, and says, Hey, wait a minute, i got something i got to do. He goes back and he kisses his mom and dad goodbye. Not goodbye, I'll see you later. Goodbye when you die, die knowing that your son loves you, but I'm out of here and I ain't coming back. He goes and kills the oxen he was plowing with. Breaks the plow up that he was plowing with. Starts a fire using the wood from the plow. He says, Texas ain't been discovered yet but we're going to have us a Texas-sized barbecue. Barbecues the oxen, gives it to all his servants to eat. He was making a statement. He was, he was saying, what I found, what I've just experienced in God is so great, I'm never going back. I ain't going to need none of that stuff no more because I ain't never coming back to where I was. And I understand that because when I found Jesus Christ, I knew I'd found something so good I was never going back to the pit of sin that I was dug out of. It, I burned some bridges. If you ain't never going back, can I get an amen? amen. Two amen for me because oh, what I have is so much better. Then this dude starts following Elijah and he follows him everywhere. It don't matter where Elijah goes, this guy's taking notes. He's learning everything he can learn. Finally, we read in 2 Kings chapter uh, chapter twenty uh, chapter two verse one. We read that uh, God took Elijah was ready, and, and I want you to read this with me. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a chariot of fire. No, it says by a whirlwind. He took Elijah up in a whirlwind. If you thought 
and you believe that God took Elijah up in the chariot of fire, keep believing that you won't go to hell for that. It's not going to affect your salvation. There's hundreds of preachers across our nation that believe that Elijah went up in the chariot of fire. I'm an idiot. I have to just pretty much go with what I read. And I read whirlwind. Once this took place, everywhere that Elijah took Elisha has a very important meaning. It's a very powerful lesson. We don't have nowhere near the time to go into it. It's only a few short verses, but to talk about it takes hours. Because every place, is the name of the place, what happened to the Israelites there, every single place. It's the roadmap to the double portion. Study it sometime, it's great. But Elijah is on the go, and Elisha is right behind him, following him everywhere. He won't let him out of his sight. He's on him like white on rice, like a chicken on a June bug. Finally, they get to the Jordan River. Elijah takes his cloak, takes his mantle, rolls it up, smacks the Jordan. The water part, and they walk across on dry land. Elisha is right on. Finally, he said, whoa, dude, I need my space, man. What, what, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion of what you got. Man, you ask a hard thing. But I tell you what, if you see me go, you can have it. Really? Now he's only like Regis. I'm going to use a football analogy on you. If you ain't a football player, try to just, you know, I apologize in advance. Regis is a cover corner. Elijah is a receiver. Elisha is a cover corner. Now, when Regis is covering you, they say you're on either, (coughs) pardon me, they say he's on Regis Island. Because it's like you're not even on the field. The quarterback will not throw you the ball. Because Regis is just that good and he stays that close to whoever he's covering. Now there is a way every once in a while they'll throw it. That's when they run a pick play. They almost never get away with a pick play. The referee nearly always flagged them. But God isn't playing football and God's a referee. So he runs a pick play. This is where that chariot of fire comes in. God sends a chariot of fire to run the pick play. Elisha is on Elijah. Here's Elijah. Elijah. I'm Elijah. It don't matter where he goes. He's right there. God sends a chariot of fire. Whoa, dude! (coughs) Chariot of fire runs between them. The whirlwind takes Elijah up. But guess what came back down? The mantle. The mantle that he had threw across the shoulders of Elisha. And Elisha had felt the power of God so strong that he left his whole everything of his past life behind him and went forward with God. The cloak that Elijah had just used to part the Jordan. The cloak that Elijah had used as a prayer closet on Mount Horeb as he spoke with God. Elisha walks up to the Jordan River. And this is where we see that he actually learned something. He smacks the Jordan. And even though he had smacked it with the cloak, with the mantle, he knew the power wasn't in that mantle. Even though Elijah had been a mighty man of God, full of the power of God, he knew that Elijah was not the source of that power. He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Because he knew that's where the power was. You know, at this church, we have a great man of God that pastors this church. But he is not omnipresent. This is a big church. One guy, 
He may be helping me when you need Him. Can't get to you. He may be helping you when I need Him. Can't get to me. I am proud and honored to know Pastor Frank Pomeroy. But when I get in a tight situation, I need to make sure I know Pastor Frank's God. That's where the source is. Okay. He smacks the Jordan. He says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? The waters part. He walks across on dry land. When he comes up on the other side, the Bible doesn't tell you about this, but you know there was some pimply little sissy reporter standing there going, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dan Ratherby somewhere else. And I'm here on the banks of the Jordan River where Elisha, the protege of Elijah, has just crossed. Unsubstantiated, as the Viet reports, indicate that Elijah was taken away in a weather disturbance. An unknown source inside the house of prophets has indicated that Elijah went to heaven. No traces of his body has been found, so we can't prove or disprove that. They also say that Elisha has received a double portion of the power of Elijah and that he will do twice as many miracles as Elijah. <laughs> this reporter, for one, really doesn't see that happening. I don't think this is, guy is even the man that his predecessor was, let alone twice the man his predecessor was. Elisha goes on doing his miracles, throwing cornmeal into water, that was poison, making it drinkable, making axe head float, he's doing his miracles. Fast forward. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dan rather be somewhere else. And I'm here where Elisha has just done his 16th miracle. His predecessor, Elijah, did 16 miracles. He has now met the, the mark set by his predecessor. However, in order to do twice as many, he has to do 32. Uh, I still have some reservations about that happening. Elisha goes ahead and he's doing his miracles. Fast forward. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dan, rather be somewhere else. And I'm here at the site of Elisha's 28th miracle. Uh, like I've told you all along, it looks to me like it will easily double the amount that his predecessor did. He should have no problem at all in reaching that mark of 32 and maybe surpassing it. Fast forward again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dan Rather, where Elisha has just done his 31st miracle. Yes, there is no doubt, as I've told you all along, this is an incredible young man. There is no doubt that he will do twice as many miracles as his predecessor. In fact, he may do two and a half, even three times the miracles of his... Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. This just in. Elisha has died. As I told you from the start, when he crossed the Jordan River, he will not reach the 32 he needs in order to, to double the amount of his predecessor. Yes, he's failed, ladies and gentlemen, and it's over. But it wasn't over, was it? We just read that he did that 30-second miracle after he died. Another point. Just because you set a deadline don't mean God has to honor it. Just because something as far as you're concerned is over that God can't do anything about it now, it's too late, doesn't mean it's too late. You can't put God in a box he did his 30-second miracle. <coughs> we read about it. After he was dead, decayed, they lowered the man down, the man came back to life. You remember when I started out, I told you the first time I ever read that, how excited I was, how I thought it was a great thing? I was wrong. Let me tell you what it really means. When they lowered the man down into that grave and he came back to life, that because the power of God had been buried with Elisha. You see, Elijah did what he needed to do 
And when he was finished, it was time for him to go. He passed the power and the anointing of God on to the next generation. Elijah died with his teeth clenched shut and his testimony still in his mouth. Jesus Christ is greater than Elijah. Jesus Christ is greater than Elisha. Jesus Christ is greater than all the Old Testament prophets. Jesus Christ is God. 1 John chapters one, uh, verses 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ is God. And if you ask Him to come into your heart and be your Savior, and He did then you have God living inside of you. And if you were a sinner, I don't care if you were some goody two-shoes that thought an overdue library book was a big sin, or whether you were a full-blown scuzz bucket like Brother Stormy, when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you, you had to have admitted that you were a sinner, and you had to have realized that you couldn't save yourself, nothing you could do, that you had to accept the gift of God in Jesus Christ. When that happened, you have a testimony. Telling somebody about that, no matter how insignificant you believe it is, it is powerful. And there are people that can hear my testimony and go, well, yeah, you needed a Savior. And they might hear your test. There's people that can hear your testimony and go, yeah, but you were basically good to begin with. You didn't have that much to clean up. You don't realize what a scum bucket I am. Every single one of us has a unique testimony. And there's somebody out there in the world, some sinner, that needs to hear your testimony. You may never know that it was a testimony that did it. I've picked a lot of fruits planted by other people. A lot of the people that I lead to the Lord, I don't lead them to the Lord because of my testimony. I'm the one that gets to pray with them and hear them accept Jesus Christ. But they do it because of grandma or mama or the next door neighbor or there's somebody they work with told them about Jesus. And that seed had been growing in their heart. And it had ripened and it was just ready to pick when I happened to come along and say, hey, would you like to pray with me and receive Jesus Christ? That seed that you have is important. Don't die with your teeth clenched shut and that testimony still in your mouth. The generation that's out there now needs Jesus Christ and you're the one that can send it to them. Let's pray. Everyone stand with me if you would. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time in your house. Thank you for this word that you give me to share. And thank you, Father, for the, for the kindness of these people to allow me to share it with them. I ask now, Lord, that you water that word in the side of our hearts. Let it grow not only into a mighty tree, but into a fruit-bearing tree that bears sweet fruit. That people that don't know Jesus Christ may eat of that fruit and come to a saving knowledge of your Son and who's precious name I pray. Amen. If you're in the house today and you never received Jesus Christ or if you walked away from Him and you need to come back, be my pleasure to pray with you. The altars are open. If you need prayer for anything, be glad to pray with you. If not, just sing along with, with our wonderful people up here as they sing. Glory. This is a pretty standard preachery thing to say, but I swear to you, I mean it from my heart. I am so appreciative and so honored that you allowed me to share it with you this morning. And I, I, I really, really thank you for that. Brother Rod, would you just fit us in prayer? Thank you for all your blessings that you bestow upon us, each and every one of us receive from you. 
We want to thank you for our brother Stormy today for allowing him to bring the message. We just are honored to have him. And his lovely wife. We just thank you for all of your blessings again and look forward to the future. In our Lord Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember, Jesus said, you don't know you're my disciples, but if you have love one for another, I have somebody on the way out and tell them Jesus loves them. Uh, I'll ask them. You're great. <laughs>